So here you are in this house that you purchased. And what do you see that just makes you feel really content and satisfied and proud? And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you guys doing today out there? You know, I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 67 of the Chris and Christine Show. And a great old fantastic happy weekend to you. Is it a happy weekend for you, Chris? Uh, Not really. Oh, uh, come on now. It's only, what, our third weekend as a married couple? Well, that's been great. Although what's not been so great is, Chris, Christine, you would like to uh, fill in the... Uh, f- filled in the audience oh well we are on covid quarantine and we're not talking just the regular quarantine from shelter Wait, in place from is there the a difference is there a difference well there's the one that's like the shelter in place guidelines the government puts on this is the one of the christine is covid positive what? and we are under lockdown no way you're covid positive oh my gosh don't act like a doofus Ew. Oh, that's mean. I'm sorry. You're acting like you have cooties. Well, it's called COVID cooties, but no, it is really. It, well, guess what? Any cooties I have, you have. Nope. Nope. Uh, oh. You're right. You're, you've tested negative twice. So Double times. Deuces. I beat the COVID yeah, twice. You're right. And this is... Take that, COVID. This is two weeks post-wedding. the best you got, COVID? This Bring is, it on. This is two weeks post-wedding. The contracting COVID did not, we're being very clear, did not happen at our wedding. We are very, very clear on that. COVID did not happen at our wedding. Uh, we had no guests testing positive as a result of the wedding. We were very careful. But um, there was a couple of things that we slipped up on afterwards with being careful. And Christine got COVID. Christine got COVID. And it's been rough. Oh, gosh. It has been really rough. Uh, all joking aside, Christine yeah. has been not feeling well at all all this week. And the fact that we're actually here doing this podcast is a miracle in itself. Thank you. And... And I feel so bad. And we were almost about to skip out on this episode because Christine was not feeling well. Yeah. And, and I rallied and I said, Chris, I'll give you 30 minutes because that's about all the strength I have. Yeah. <laughs> on my deathbed. But you know what? The podcast must go on. It definitely does. So thank you for rallying uh, for us today. But and- you know what? I do have a little bit of a husky voice right now. So uh how do you like that that sounds sexy really i like (laughs) like the way it sounds roll rasp a little bit of rasp but um you know i did forget to mention something when we were uh talking about the wedding last week uh you know you talked a lot about it well i guess we didn't talk a ton about it but we forgot to talk about one of my favorite highlights from the wedding Oh, from the wedding we were at? Our wedding? Yeah. From our the- wedding, yes. You were hopefully you were at it. <laughs> I remember that. Pl- oh yeah. I remember now. But we we totally forgot to mention the amazing role that our boys played in it, right? That's right. Before we walked down to the backyard, before we came into the rest of the party having the reception stuff all set up, we got introduced as husband and wife yep. by our kids. They especially they did the hosting or the emceeing for yes. the whole ceremony. Yes, especially- Jacob and Mason were the co hosts, and then they introduced Zeke as the host, and it was so cute, right? Ezekiel did this whole comedy sketch or something with a microphone. <laughs> he tried to roast on, you <laughs> up on stage. Yeah, he roasted me or something. And then he had us come out as husband and wife, and it was amazing. He did a wonderful, spectacular job. He did, and it was so sweet to see our boys rehearsing the week before. Like, okay, they were planning a whole big ordeal. We had to 
kind of nix a couple of the pieces of it because we didn't think that with all of the you know, tables and chairs and the cake that having the skateboard entrance into the reception was that would be part of the plan to have them ride it on skateboards. It was. They were like doing these tricks and trying to like say they were going to enter in that way. But, you know, they came up with an alternative idea and collaborated with our reception planner and they hosted the whole thing. Right. They had a little microphone thing set up with a whole DJ thing. And, um, and it was great. They tried telling jokes and did a whole comedy sketch thing. And, yeah, um, it was so cute and then what did they do when everybody was doing the toasts uh i don't remember well you don't remember ezekiel gave us a toast he did oh honey okay yes it was like a very like heartwarming you cried oh well okay that's probably why i don't remember (laughs) because i was crying so much you were you teared up but he was talking about how um he appreciated you being there for me and even if you guys don't always see eye to eye that you know the fact that you take care of me and protect me is what's most important. Oh, that is very, very sweet. Well, thank you, Ezekiel. That was amazing. And, and thank you, Jacob and Mason, for co-hosting. And thanks to all of our boys, the Gem Boys, for being such an amazing part of our wedding. Right, Chris? Right. And you actually toasted them on for their podcast and how a great job they've been doing on that. Although yeah. we haven't had an episode in a while. But, but that's okay. It's, you know, wedding and COVID. So right now, as we speak, we are in the middle of a COVID quarantine lockdown. This is week number two, right, Christine? Yes. Of, uh, we're, we're on, we have 12 more days, at least. We are locked down together. Now, we just found out today on the hotline, just down the wire right now, that Jacob, Mason, and myself have just tested negative for COVID. We for got, the second time. For the second time. We just got a test done on Friday night. Yeah. Is when we got our test done. So today being Sunday, we got the results back. We were all three of us are negative. Now, Christine got a rapid test done on Friday. Right. Now, the rapid test takes about 20 minutes or so to right. get the results. But it cost you mucho dinero. It cost 150 bucks a pop. But it was because I was having significant symptoms ahead of time. And we waited for five days from when my symptoms started. And I got a doctor's care right away because I don't know if our listeners know this, but I have an autoimmune disease and asthma. So I'm a highly vulnerable population. And, um, you know, it was we know the origin of it. And again, it wasn't the wedding. We're not going to get into the details. Um, But I'm just being really careful right now and chris is having to take really good care of me right chris i absolutely have been dr chris is in the house and the thing is is that i'm surprised that i did not get covid because we are in the same room the same bedroom you know i'm really surprised we're all in the same house that that i haven't caught it or the kids haven't caught it yet right because up until my symptoms really started to show up i was cooking for all of us most of the meals every day right so that's the thing i'm kind of scratching my head i thought for sure i had covid for but, sure, I had it. But you know what? You could have had it before, and maybe it was months ago, and it was undetected, or it was just like a slight cold, and maybe you can't get it again. But I'm also super careful around hand washing too. Hey, do you think that if you um, have COVID, and but you are like super strong immunity to COVID, like you're like you have the uh, special special stuff inside you that helps fight it easily, that <laughs> it won't be detected? Special stuff inside of you? Well, like special, special... There an, is an, no special stuff. There's no special cure. No, what if you have like the super cells or something? Like you're like have like your genes have like the special blood type that fights it or whatever. You know what you're talking about? You're you just watched I Am Legend. So <laughs> that's what you're like. I'm Will Smith. I'm the one that's immune. I'm going to save the entire planet. That's right. You guys all die off. From the zombie. Me and the dog are going to be walking around and... Uh, or me and me, Paisley. <laughs> I got Paisley on the leash. We're, Turtle we're, instead of a dog. We're fighting the zombies, uh, Paisley and I. 
So oh, you're uh, too much. Jacob was actually asking me about that today, and uh, he he was listening to the news on. Uh, we finally got the Google Home set up, and they were talking about the coronavirus vaccine. And he was like, because he watched part of I Am Legend, and he said, you know, um. On I Am Legend, they were using a vaccine to fight a virus, and then it ended up turning everybody into, like, killer zombies. What if the COVID <laughs> vaccine does that? And I said, exactly what people are thinking, Jacob, but we are smarter than that. that that's <laughs> why right now, if you look on the news, you'll see uh, politicians and VIPs being, I'll take the vaccine on camera so I know it's all safe. If I can take it, you guys can take it. It's all safe. <laughs> there was three of the most previous uh, presidents all decided to take it together, and I don't know if they've taken it yet. But, uh, but when it's available, they vowed to. I think it was Bush, Clinton, and Obama, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. All three of them are going to take them together, like shots at a bar. Like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's all throw them down. One, two, three, shot, boom. It's like, fight club. Ready? We'll call it the shot club. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shots, we had a, a fun little activity that we were playing with the kids this week that went completely wrong. Right, Chris? Are you talking about them taking their vitamins? <laughs> Yes. With miniature shot glasses. Okay, so we had miniature shot glasses left over from the wedding. And I, after seeing the kids play with it one time, had the brilliant idea of letting all of the kids line up four miniature shot glasses on the table full of water to try and help them knock back their giant super C vitamins. And how did that go, Chris? Uh, not too well. They can't seem to, to swallow the pills very well <laughs> without choking on them and, and spitting the water out. Right. So. So what we have to do is, uh, for the little ones, take the vitamin C uh, pill and crush it and then sprinkle it into something they can eat like applesauce or creme brulee, <laughs> creme brulee or yogurt or whatever. Yeah. Or even mix it in water, which I tried to give it to Mason. I put it in water and, oh, stirred, that's it, gross. and stirred it up. And he was like, I can't drink it all. I can't drink it all. It's like half a glass of water, Mason. You can drink it. It doesn't taste that good. Well, of course it doesn't. <laughs> he wants to just chug it. But it is the high powered. It wasn't just vitamin C. It was the super C. So it has the zinc, which is... Even though we know there's no cure for COVID, it's been shown to help beef up people's ability to well, fight back. I personally, now I'm not saying that. All right, here it goes, everybody. Okay, me personally, <laughs> not saying that I know everything, <laughs> but I pretty much do. But you know what <laughs> I'm saying is that I have started taking the, what is it, the multivitamins, the uh, men's um, once a day. One a day, one daily, what's it called? One a daily? Men's one- once daily vitamin pills plus i've been taking vitamin c pills on, on top of that every single day for I, like almost a year now right and i have missed a few days because i've been on vacation things like that but other than that when i'm home at the house i've been taking them every single day and i'm not saying this is the cure for it all but i'm saying that hey twice they tried to get me with covid and they failed <laughs> that's all i'm saying i beat covid twice that's all i'm saying all right. Well, let's see if uh, you can't keep a good man down, right? We'll just check in in a couple more days and make sure that you're still above Although, water. Although, I do have a headache right now, and I don't know how you can do with that. I could have some of the two beers I drank last night. Maybe. I don't know. Radio friendly, dear. Radio friendly. Well, I am radio friendly. <laughs> you are for the most part. But anything else been happening with your week this week, Chris? Because well, what's been happening since we've had COVID in the house? Well, I had we have all three kids here, obviously, so that's kind of craziness going on here. So what we've been doing is pretty much doing movie nights and uh, hanging out with the kids, and we pretty much been playing with the kids in the front yard. They, I got the basketball hoop all set up for them, so we're playing basketball out there, and the kids are playing out there with toys and making a big mess, and I got to tell them to clean it up, and all that good stuff. So it's pretty much weird. Lockdown, which is weird, because this is what I thought I would wanted so bad. <laughs> the minute that lockdown happened back in March, everybody was going on a quarantine and a lockdown. I got so jealous because I had to work, and right. I was like, I want to stay home. I want to, I want to sit around and do nothing with you guys. It sounds like fun. And now that I'm here doing it, I'm like, eh, it's not so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been definitely different because even with me, I have been working from home, but it's completely different when everybody has to stay home and we're not even allowed to go like to the grocery store. And I was so mad last night because when I'm sick, sometimes I'll like want one specific thing and I'll feel like it'll help me feel better. And last night it was candy cane or peppermint ice cream, which I really love during the Christmas time. And it was too late for me to order it from Instacart because they wouldn't deliver that night. And I'd missed it the night before too. And so I put in a Target delivery order and I put like three different peppermint ice cream things to make sure I'd get at least one. And so the guy texts me as he's shopping that they didn't have the Haagen-Dazs peppermint ice cream or peppermint bark ice cream bars. And I was like, all right, fine. Substitute it for the vanilla chocolate. And then I was like totally waiting when he showed up for my little pint of Haagen-Dazs peppermint bark ice cream. And I open up the bag. And what was the only thing missing from the bag, Chris? Don't tell me it was a peppermint bark ice cream you wanted. It was the peppermint bark ice cream. And no! I was I felt so sick yesterday that I just came upstairs and cried. And I know it sounds like a dumb thing, but when you're sick and everything else is out of control, it's just really hard to be able to um, process those kinds of things. And I know hashtag first world problems, but sometimes a girl just wants yeah. her peppermint ice cream. We're first world problems. Your ice cream is wrong. Hey, you don't get to judge when I'm sick, Buster Bunny. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, how are you feeling, by the way, babe? I am not feeling fantastic, but I'm going to power through. And speaking of powering through, we have a great powerhouse guest that is on next with us. And we are going to be back with her right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. The Podbreed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. And welcome back, everybody. Today's VIP guest is an author, a speaker, podcaster, performer, and creativity coach. She empowers people to bring their authentically inspired ideas to fruition. We are definitely in for a treat today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Audrian McKeon. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. This is really exciting. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate this. Thanks, Chris. Hey, no problem. And what area of the world are you joining us from today, Audrian? I am joining you from rainy Seattle. Seattle, way up north. At least you're still on the West Coast. Like, we're all West Absolutely. Coasters here today. Yes. Great. Now, I have a question. Have you ever been, I'm sure you have, to the Pike's Place Fish Market? In fact, I used to live about a block away from the Pike Place Market. Oh, I've, uh, back, I've always <laughs> back kept in it the going. 90s. Oh, is yeah, it cool? Um, back when you could actually like rent an apartment there for like $450 a month. Wow, what's that like? Yeah, it, completely insane now. Uh, but I was in this crazy kind of warehouse loft sharing it with a bunch of other artistic types. And we had no, like the walls didn't go all the way to the ceiling. 
So you could hear anything that was going on in anybody else's room at like oh. any given time. Oh, so like uh-oh. if you wanted to play music, you know, like if you didn't use headphones, just everyone in the apartment was now going to listen to that same music. So, oh, wow. so it was like it was like each apartment was like a cubicle for an office. Yes, it was actually Weird. an old in real space that was not actually zoned for residential at all uh so oh. i'm pretty sure we were squatting there illegally um <laughs> we were paying rent so but i was right next to the pike place market which was absolutely wonderful because i love shopping there for you know just groceries and stuff like everybody gets to know you you get to know all your little vendors and they know your name they know what you like it was a pretty cool situation That is so fun. I've only seen it in movies. I've never actually been to Seattle. So I've seen it in movies. And then there was this one professional development training video when I was at work. And it was about this book called Fishtails. And they were videotaping the guys (laughs) throwing the large fish. fish. Right. Is that a game or something where they toss them to each other across the uh, market? It's really just a gimmick. I mean, what they do is if you buy a fish, they throw it, you know, to each other and then, you know, (laughs) to someone out, you know, on the other side of the like, uh, I don't know what you call it, barrier, and then they hand it to you. So it's it's more it's like just part of the show. That's that if so you funny. buy a fish there, like, you Does know. Does anybody it's... ever get, like, hit in the face where they, miss, <laughs> they don't catch it? I'm 100% sure that someone has at some point gotten hit in the head with a fish, yes. That's so funny. Now, how long have you been in Seattle for? So we moved here when I was six, uh, back in, like, the 80s. <laughs> so uh, I've been here off and on ever since. Oh, that's awesome. And did you attend university there? Because we know you're Dr. McKeon, or did you attend somewhere else? So I actually went to my undergraduate uh, in Washington State, but it was at the University of Puget Sound, UPS, not the, uh, you know, shipping company. (laughs) But then I did my PhD, my MA and my PhD at UCSB in California. There you go. Now, isn't UCSB something like the banana slugs or something like that as their mascot? <laughs> no, that's up in oh, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> no, UCSB is the gauchos. What is a gaucho? I good question. Did you say go, do you say go to? <laughs> no, I thought gauchos were pants. <laughs> yeah, they're like I guess they're old style ranchers or something. The oh, gauchos. I don't know. I <laughs> got it. Gotcha. I certainly didn't make up the name but Santa Barbara is a beautiful place to live for five years I will say that oh it is definitely gorgeous and so you got your master's and then your PhD in what area in drama but specifically in performance studies so what I was actually studying was there's this crazy Halloween party which you might have heard of um, at UCSB in fact, it's kind of dead now is what I hear. But for a long time, there'd be like 40,000 people, you know, just on this one tiny little strip <laughs> right next to the ocean called Del Playa. And so I studied that Halloween celebration and what it meant to the college crowd in terms of their development. Huh. So, yeah, the, the just the little sort of performances that they would perform for each other in the course of this Halloween party and how that sort of uh, reflects what they value and who they are trying to become and who they were leaving behind as children and all that stuff. It sounds like, uh, what's the one for the Mexican holiday called? Oh, Dia de los Muertos? Yeah, it sounds like that. 
or Mardi Gras or something like experiential. Yeah, it's, it's more like a Mardi Gras. I mean, it's it's a college party. Do not get me wrong. There's a lot of drinking. <laughs> oh. So, but at the same time, there's a lot more to it than that. And I think it had been for many generations dismissed as just this kind of pain in the butt to the university. And so I worked with the, you know, revelers, with the police and with the university to try to come up with something that everybody was happy with. Well, that sounds super intriguing. Now, you did like action research then for your PhD. Is that correct? Where you're like in the field and collecting that information? And I sure was. And did you have a dissertation with that? Or yeah, yeah, I wrote a dissertation and it's actually published now. So you can you can actually buy it if you want on Amazon. Uh, But what was going on is that like, especially if Halloween falls on a weekend, it's a four day celebration. Like it starts Friday and it goes until, you know, Monday. And so I would be out there with my little tape recorder, just talking to people every night. And I, and you have to have a different costume every night or like, you know, you, you catch hell. So I had to Oh, really? What was your costumes? I got to (laughs) know. I had so many different costumes. I remember one was a postal worker who had gone postal. (laughs) Uh, There was one who, that I was, um, pebbles from you know the flintstones oh yeah. right yeah and that night I, I specifically remember because i got clotheslined by some guy in a football uniform he just like punched me in the throat for no reason oh, and i was like you... why would who would do that to pebbles like <laughs> bam, <laughs> bam. Make any sense to me. <laughs> exactly bam, bam. like what a jerk so anyway <laughs> yeah but i had lots of different costumes it was really fun well, I ask these nerdy type of questions. I apologize because I am entering into my data collection phase for my dissertation. And so I'm Wonderful. always interested about how other people went about their action research in the field. I'm getting an EDD. PhD is at like a whole different level. So congratulations. You are amazing. Why, thank you. It was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun. I would go and do it all again if in a heartbeat if I could. That's awesome. And so what did you do after you earned your doctorate? So at first I thought, like most you know, people who get a PhD think, that I was going to be an academic. I was going to be a professor. And so I went through two years of interview rounds at different universities and got really close a couple of times and never quite found the right fit. And I think I just started to realize that academia and I just didn't get along that well. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I just felt like I had to change so much of who I was for them to accept me that I finally just decided, you know what? I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. And I kind of went through the same thing with corporate America after that, (laughs) where I, you know, tried to get, you know, a corporate job. And I just realized that it just wasn't, wasn't ever going to be a good fit because I'm just really me. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm very, like, loudly, authentically myself. And apparently that's a problem for some people. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, so Chris and I are kind of giving signals to each other. This is very intriguing to us. So we're wondering if this creative part of you is something that maybe organizations don't value as much. I know that sometimes institutions like their rules and their order. Do you find that that's been challenging for you in your career? It has. And for a long time, I really, I tried to be something that I wasn't, and I worked very hard at it. (laughs) 
I actually got a really wonderful job um, at a startup because startups have much more lax rules around these things, as you're saying. Uh, so what I realized was that even within that, you know, area where I could just really be myself and, and you know, help people out and support executives and things, what I realized was that my gift was not really being fully utilized. And I was being asked to do a lot of things that I really sucked at. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Like what? So, so I am... I'm really, really good at big picture stuff. I'm really good at keeping people on track of, you know, focused on the most important things, prioritizing and stuff like that. Really, really good at that stuff. I'm great as a sounding board. I'm great as a coach. I'm great as a cheerleader, <laughs> encouraging people, keeping them on the right track, you know, to get things accomplished. I am not great as the detail person. Oh, If you're yeah. expecting me to pay attention to all the names and dates and numbers and things like that, then we're going to have a problem. Um. And so what I realized was that as an executive assistant, there was a lot that I was doing that was in my lane, but then there was a bunch of stuff that was actually the stuff that I get paid for, <laughs> like huh. keeping track of you know somebody's calendar right. and doing their travel arrangements that I just really wasn't very good at. And a lot of the stuff was like falling off you know, the plate because I was focused on all of the, the, you know, high touch emotional transfer stuff <laughs> right. that isn't actually part of the job description. I can totally relate with that. Not, I think I'm the opposite. And, you know, Chris and I, I think that's what makes us a good partnership is he's like you, he's very creative and a visionary. Well, thank you, babe. <laughs> and I'm very <laughs> much the one that's like keeping us calendared and the logistics mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I could see how that would be a struggle because I know we sometimes face creative conflict when what? he's trying to be, oh, come on, <laughs> where he's being visionary and I'm trying to be more um, practical about like the specific steps. And so how did you start to make sense of that in finding your way to your dream career? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I really believe that everything happens for a reason. And so part of that experience of having to keep track of somebody else's uh, calendar and all of this stuff taught me a ton about that stuff. And so even, <laughs> I did get much better at it. And so that actually really helped me in terms of project management. And I realized that I'm actually pretty good at project management. And so I started to realize that what I wanted to do was to help people to really reach their creative potential and to start to make their dreams into realities. Because what I was seeing over and over again is that there's all these people who have these ideas and these like, you know, oh, well, I'd, you know, what I really love is this, or what I'm really passionate about is this. But, you know, I have this day job, and so it's just like a hobby. Right. And I so, mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that, that I totally agree with you, and I think I feel like, I personally, I feel like I'm in the same boat where I have mm -hmm. tons of ideas, um, mm -hmm. podcast related and beyond. And, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are, they're stuck in their rut of their job or their life or whatever it is. And especially now with COVID, I can see a big, a big problem. People don't want to do anything you know, or they do want to do something. I don't know. Well, here's what I've noticed about COVID is that now that people are not kind of forced to do the thing that, you know, makes them their money, <laughs> uh, at least not, you know, as, 
as formally right. as before, that they're not necessarily leaving the house to do these things. Suddenly, I found that so many, at least of my friends, are going back to these things that they really love doing. And they're, you know, opening back up their old uh, art booklets and they're looking at, you know, old stories and dusting them off that they wrote, you know, back in college and thinking, you know, hey, well, I, maybe I could do something with this. I have had more people come to me and say, hey, I want to start a podcast in the last right. year. Oh, I know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think I think we had a big surge of podcasts in the last eight months. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 700,000 new ones popped up um, yeah. or something. which was just crazy to think about. But the problem is, is that with a lot of things that you think of, you just do randomly – um, especially, um, a lot of people, they can't, they don't stick with it. You know, like any kind of hobby yeah, you, right. you start up, you're like, Oh, I'm going to try golfing or whatever. And <laughs> then, and then about three rounds in, you realize, eh, it's not for me, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And so one of the things I say about myself is that I'm amused with follow through because what I do is I don't just inspire you to, you know, get an idea. I'm the one who actually holds your hand through the whole process and helps you actually bring it to fruition. So that's, that's awesome. That's what I'm here for. That's so, so exciting because I think like exactly what Chris says is people get uh, very excited about their idea. They jump after it. And mm-hmm. the first time that there's a bump in the road, they might not have somebody to turn to to help affirm them and pull them. I wouldn't say pull them along, but like you said, hold their hand to get through that obstacle in the first yes. couple until it feels comfortable. And so then they abandon it. Or just say, well, I guess it wasn't meant for me anyway. And I know that um, we've seen that with people starting and stopping lots of different things during COVID. You know, XYZ person wants to start a baking business or they want to start an Mm -hmm. online shop. And then you go back and it's not there anymore. So do you now do this as your full-time job where you're supporting people in this way? That would be awesome. Uh, (laughs) I'm still (laughs) doing a lot of voiceover work to supplement But yeah, I mean, support is the main thing that I do, creative support. I support podcasters. I support authors. um, I support performers. And I also love supporting entrepreneurs. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. Because like I said, you know, in the startup world, what I learned is that if you can just go towards your fear and just hit it head on, because like you said, everyone's going to come up against obstacles. Everyone is. If you don't come up against an obstacle, then you have not picked a very ambitious goal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you are e- not challenging yourself. And you're easy not going to Easy street. Grow. Here I come. <laughs> right? So if you have chosen something that really means something to you, then it's it, you will come up against difficult obstacles. You will come up against fear. And so the thing about fear is that if you run away from it, then you are running away from what you want. Everything that you want is actually on the other side of your fear. And so what I do is I help people through those fear moments. I hold people's hands and just help them get through that like, oh my God, but what, you know, what am I going to do when I don't have health insurance? What am oh, I going to, yeah. you know, it's like all the, all the, the big scary things come up of like, what am I going to do when I can't pay my rent? Right. Right. And I help talk them through that and breathe through that. And recognize that, you know, these fears, a lot of them are completely unfounded. And the ones that are, are solvable problems. Right. You know, there are ways to deal with these issues. But when you're in that fear, all you can see is like, oh, no, 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 it's too scary. I'm just going to go back to what I know. 
And it also helps to have somebody from the outside looking at it and kind of giving a bigger bigger picture rather than mm-hmm. being so like, I only see one thing because it's right in front of me right now. And that's the biggest problem that person may be facing at that moment. But of then course. you see, well, wait a second. Um, do you look at all these other options? Did you think about this? And I'm right. sure that helps out. Well, and sometimes it's not that they don't know that there's other options. You know, we know that they're there. It's just that we're not looking at them right now because we're so focused on our fear. (laughs) We're so focused on this, you know, this obstacle that's right in front of us. And the thing about that is that, you know, focus determines reality. So the more you focus on the obstacle, the, the more solid that becomes. Whereas if you can just kind of like look past that obstacle and really focus on where you're going, it's like the obstacle kind of disappears, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And it makes me think about like the power of visioning and like seeing yourself as successful and how like looking past whatever those obstacles are to what your future could be, could be a really helpful part of this. Is that something that you help your clients do? Absolutely. So if you've ever listened to my podcast, you'll hear that one of the things I love to do is at the end, I do this exercise where I really help them envision their ideal world. And I I say ideal because it's like, it's not just what you are hoping for or what you you think is probable. It's like, let's think about what's even possible. And that's anything, you know, anything is possible. Wow. And so when you really allow yourself to just think about what do I really want? If money's no object, if time is no object, if nothing, you know, is an obstacle to what I want, what do I really want? And that's when you when the magic happens. You know, that, is people I, start to go, oh my gosh. I think I think that was also said by Walt Disney, wasn't it? <laughs> Sounds like a Disney I, quote. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I I mean, do what what are the things people people say, like out of curiosity? What do they want to do? So usually what I do, so it's not a, you know, I want to do this. I take them into, in fact, I can do it with you right now if you'd like. Ooh, I would love for you to do it with Chris. Yeah, Okay, what you got? I'm all yours. So what I want you to do is close your eyes for a moment. Okay, Okay? close them. All right. Now I am going to wave a magic wand. And once that magic wand has been waved, all of your dreams will come true. Everything that you want to your very core will come to be. And so after I do that, I'm just going to ask you to look around and tell me what you see, what you hear, and what you can taste, touch, and smell in this perfect ideal reality. Are you Eyes ready? open or closed? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> works best for you. Okay, okay. I like to keep them closed because then I can really envision this with lots of detail. All right. But it's I, up to you. I envision, for my world, you saying? So, ready? Okay. okay. I think so. Magic wand is waved. Everything is ideal. Tell me what your life is like now. My life is like, oh gosh, it's so so, so nerve wracking. (laughs) (laughs) Just look around. That's what I'm saying. Just close your eyes and then look around. I, I always tell people, you know, imagine you're waking up in your ideal world. What does your room look like? Oh, um, first things first. Clean. clean. It, it looks perfectly. Okay. Uh, I, I call it showroom ready. It's basically Beautiful. like it's it's how I usually keep it. Try to keep it, but it never happens that way. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing over there, Christine? It's my my vision. My goodness, I ruined my vision over here. So it's it's um, 
every vehicle I own is perfectly clean, kept in the garage. It's all nice and neat. The house is perfectly done. The lawn looks green, and the grass is uh, perfectly trimmed and mowed. And uh, Christine's cooking dinner over there. <laughs> what are you laughing? What does it smell like? What, what's she cooking? What can you smell? Oh, she is cooking. What does she cook? It's awesome. I think she cooks everything. It's pretty pretty good. But it's one of her mother's recipes. It's something. Um, Oh, let me think. Well, hang on. What's that thing you cooked that was really good? Do you remember? <laughs> I can't think what it was. Nope. Your vision. That's my vision. Your vision. Okay. I'm, I'm even wor- off microphone. Go ahead. Okay. I'm working on it here. Um, whatever it is, it is scrumptious, delicious. I love it. Okay. So She's you wor- smell this delicious food cooking. Right. And you're sitting in, let's say, the, the living room. Okay. Right. And it's perfectly clean. Just you can see the lines of the, you know, the vacuum cleaner on the floor, like everything, very, very clean. Right. What else, in this space, what's bringing you meaning? Hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know how to answer that. Like, like. So what, what do you do in this ideal, perfect existence that brings you a lot of meaning and really makes you feel like you're making an impact that matters in the world? I think, oh gosh, this is tough because I think, for me, it's always been the satisfaction of being able to say, I did all of this, or we did all of this, without any help, all on our own. And the satisfaction of, of knowing that that we accomplished everything we've done in life to be here at this moment. If that makes okay, any so sense. Okay, so then I want you to think back. Look back into your memory. What did you have to do to create this? What what steps had to be gone through in order to get to this space where you are right now? Oh, lots of things. Lots of hurts. Lots of uh, relationship hurts and financial hurts and a lot of uh, pain and pain and suffering. Um, a lot of rejection mm-hmm. and a lot of that kind of stuff that really has a lot of obstacles I had to go through to get here today. But it wasn't the obstacles that got you there. It was the keep going right? It was the fact that you just kept going despite yeah. everything. And, and the fact that I didn't listen to a lot of haters, you know, I just yeah. kind of pushed, pushed through that and did what I, I kept my eye on the prize and kept on going, whatever it took. Absolutely. And so what was one of the things that you decided, I'm just going to do this and this is what I'm going to accomplish and haters be damned. I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to make sure this happens. Well, the only thing I can think of in recent years is probably when I bought my house. And uh, because I don't know what Seattle's like, but in San Diego, it's very expensive to buy a house, especially, especially for yourself, all by yourself without a combined income, be able Mm -hmm. to pull it off. It's it's, uh, almost near impossible. Um, so I think that was a very happy moment. And, that, and I've heard from other people saying, oh, you can't buy a house right now. It's, you can't buy one right now. Why, why are you buying a house right now? Um, things like that. But uh, I knew that um, it's something I really wanted. And if I had an opportunity, even if it's a slight opportunity, I was going towards that direction. Absolutely. So here you are in this house that you purchased. And what do you see that just makes you feel really content and satisfied and proud? Um, everything, really. I mean, um, like in particular, like one thing in particular. Just describe for me what you're looking at and what it makes you feel. 
well, happy. I feel very satisfied. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, because I, before, uh, before I bought the house, I was renting. And my rent was going up. Like, I'm sure it's going up there, going up everywhere and stuff. And so I think, for me, it was like, people, there, there are two camps. Because when I was in the apartment, I had my next door neighbor. And we were all complaining that rent was going up. And mm-hmm. so she was like, well, we're just going to have to eat it. And I was telling her, well, screw this. I'm going to go buy a place because if if rent's going to match the mortgage, then why don't we just get a mortgage? Because at least you own the place. I mean, it does mm-hmm. take a lot more groundwork than just signing a lease with an apartment. But um, for me, it, it was a very happy moment to, to be able to purchase a house all by myself, like I said, and to go from one to the other and to do it all by myself without help from anybody um, is a miracle of itself if you think about it, you know? Yeah. So just that pride and satisfaction. What other emotions do you feel? Like when you're smelling that delicious food that's cooking just for you, what, and, and another question, Yeah. what do you feel in this space? Like what does your hand feel when it feels around? I feel, feel like? I feel very warm and inviting and love in this house. I feel there is a there is a wholeness to this house. There is a warmth to this house. Mm-hmm. It's um it's a very inviting place to be and and I just love I mean, I hate going to work cuz I want to be here. <laughs> that makes any sense. I'd rather be home. I'm a very much a homebody, so I like to be here in my house. I didn't wasn't like that growing up. Growing up, I wanted to be out of the house as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But now exact opposite. I want to be home. I don't want to go anywhere. That, that okay, makes sense. Okay, so then let's add to your home that you now have this workspace, which is where you do your meaningful work and you do not have to leave the house. And so I want you to see this workspace and tell me what you feel. I'm sitting in it right now, speaking <laughs> of which. Beautiful. <laughs> and, then, and then my office I have a makeshift makeshift office. That's the one thing I always wanted in a house was to have an office room kind mm-hmm. of area where it can be my computer set up and and now we do the podcast in that in this area. And it's something that um, I really, really enjoy being in this area. Christine will tell you, you know, right, babe? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it feels very warm, inviting. I mean, it's a little cluttered right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I got some papers here and there and stuff. But uh, oh, no, other- no, no. see, we're in ideal world now. Ideal, we're in ideal world. So it's perfect. It's clean. You're envisioning clean the ideal there. workspace. So oh, describe totally, it. Oh, totally clean and clear, and enough counter space mm-hmm. to put stuff down, and not to worry about moving stuff around. Perfect. So, is there anything on the walls? Anything inspirational or artistic that you see? Of course there is. There's my uh, uh, Nissan Z poster right over there. Across the, well, oh, sorry. What, what in now? your ideal. You're still in oh. your ideal, honey. Okay. You got, close your eyes. It'll help you. Close your eyes. I don't like close my eyes. <laughs> I'm right here. It's just you and me. It's safe. Your ideal space, babe. Okay. Your ideal workspace. What would it look and feel like? Uh, what does it look and feel like? Because remember, we always oh, do yes. this in the present tense. Because mm-hmm. the idea oh. is I really want you to feel the feelings of being in that ideal world. Because the whole thing is you're just manifesting these emotions. Mm. And you can start having those emotions right now. You don't have to wait until you have a perfectly clean house to feel content. Uh, I I feel feel like I do, though, because (laughs) I get kind of stressed out when things are kind of just – I think everything for me has to be in order and has to have a place and kind of like if I can't find something, I freak out. 
Right. Know? But that's the beauty of your mind is that within your mind, you can have perfect calm and perfect organization. You just need to refine that inner calm and that inner stillness. And so that's part of what this exercise is about. Inner calm and inner stillness is something that I think would definitely help you, Chris, because I know you've been feeling a little bit unsettled, like you were even talking about, you know, you have a job and you, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of it. It does provide well for for you, but you have this desire for more. And mm-hmm. so being able to vision this, like what I was hearing as your partner is, first of all, it made me want to cry because the thing that you were dreaming about and visioning is a happy, loving, healthy, whole home with us. And that's something I think you and I have both dreamt of. And, you know, we're just two weeks away right now from getting married. So we're very excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. But I think where I heard you having a little bit of hesitation, and this might go back to what Adrian was saying earlier, is like the the fear and the barriers was like the visualizing yourself being able to be at home and working at home and finding fulfillment. And um, I think that we all have struggles visualizing that very personal goal because there's all kinds of fear that jumps in the way. Exactly. Do we have time for you to do this with me? I would love to do it. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. We're doing okay, Chris? Uh, Yeah, we're fine. All right. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) So. What I'd like you to do is close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. Yes. And again, I'm just going to wave my little magic wand and then all your dreams will have come true. And I want you to tell me what you see, hear, what you can taste, touch, and smell in this ideal space. So magic wand waved. What do you see? So I am standing on a very dark stage on a red dot. And Mm -hmm. I have the TED logo behind me and I am delivering a TED talk to a room uh, full, mostly of women. And off to my right-hand side backstage, I can see Chris standing there and watching me. And I can see that each of the individuals in the audience are holding a copy of a book that has my name on it. Mm-hmm. And I can feel a sense of excitement and energy in the room. And what I hear coming out of my mouth are words of empowerment and um, that I'm being vulnerable and open about what's what it's taken me to get to this point. And I just sense an an excited stillness in the room. So I've captivated the audience and they're just leaning in to the conversation. And as I look over my shoulder, I see Chris smiling and um, being there as my number one supporter. And then I finish and I hear the applause as I step backstage with him for a hug. So I want, you to, I want you to pause for a moment in that moment where the applause kind of explodes and there's someone in the audience who jumps up first. Mm-hmm. And I want you to look at that person. I think it's a woman. Yes. But I want you to see her and just see this look on her face where she, you, you've just woken her up and you can see that. 
mm-hmm. on her face that something has deeply changed, shifted, moved for right. her. And I want you to just feel for a moment how that feels. Okay. And what what did you feel in that moment? I felt it was so weird, like a very deep heart connection. Yeah. Like this woman sees me, even though I'm up on a stage, sees me for who I really am. And I see her for who she really is. And there's a moment of connection of um, being in this together and being fully seen. And maybe that was the first time for her being able to feel completely validated in everything that she struggled through to get to this point and knowing that what's ahead of her is so much greater than what's been behind her. Absolutely. So I want you to, after you have had your wonderful hug with Chris, (laughs) I want you to go out and find her. Find her and say something to her. What Mm -hmm. do you want to say? Hello. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's a good start. I, I don't know. I just think that... I actually don't want to say anything. I just want to stand in silence for a few seconds to just kind of let all of that sink in. I think there's so much that Mm -hmm. can be said without any words. And I think that's kind of the power of this moment is that it wasn't any words that I said, but it was being my authentic self and being very vulnerable and that being accepted. And I think that's that's what the point is that I want to, that I've arrived at when I'm on that stage. Beautiful. So again, I want you to look back into your memory and think about what was the step just before this step? How did you get, how did you land that TED Talk? Um, well, I had, um, let's see, what happened right before it? Well, there was my book launch. Right. And... um Oprah got my book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would do it. Yeah. And I have the Oprah's book club seal on my book. Mm-hmm. And um, that I got interviewed by the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And somebody nominated me for a TED Talk. And yeah, so it happened. And I was able to make space in my book tour. To be able to go and do that. And because Chris is working um, remotely, working independently, running our very successful media studio for our podcast Mm -hmm. empire, he was able to come (laughs) along with me. Don't laugh at my dream. I'm not. Naturally. He was was able to come along with me. And and he also functions as my manager because he is very, um, in my mind, he's not in competition with me at all. He um, sees me for who I am and um, asks me every time that an engagement comes up, is this going to help you get closer to your dreams or is this going to um, distract you? And so we have that conversation and he knows that everything that I do is centered around this desire to change the lives of women around the country. That's wonderful. I love that. I love this. Okay, you're hired. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So I just want to say one thing. 
Um, so when you said, you know, Oprah found my book and that was sort uh-huh. of what, what launched you. So I, I had someone on recently who told this great story and I can't remember the guy she was talking about, unfortunately, but she was talking about this influencer who found her and found her book and they, you know, did a, a, a talk together later and someone in the audience asked, so how does someone like me, you know, who's just kind of a nobody get the attention of someone like you who could like make or break my career? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, people often think that I have the Midas touch, right. that, you know, whatever I touch turns to gold. And he said, they have it wrong. I just, I only touch gold. Right. And so if you bring me gold, then I'm going to touch it. Right. But you have to bring me gold. And so you really need to do your work first right? <laughs> and make sure that what you're bringing is the best value that you can possibly offer from your, you know, your core self. Right. Not what do you think is going to sell, not what do you think other people will like, but really what is your gift and offer that freely and offer it to the best of your ability. And that's what is really going to get the attention of the Oprahs of the world. Right. And in my vision, it wasn't like, oh, gosh, Oprah looked at me. It was more of a, of course, she read this because, of course, it's that level of it was beneficial to her. It was that good. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it was that confidence, not like, I can't believe, you know, like a celebrity. I can't believe they smiled at me from the stage. Not like that. It was a, of course. Yeah. You know, just like a, it was a natural progression of the work. And so... I love that. I love that vision. And I think that when you, I kept my eyes closed for almost the entire thing. And I think that helped me to kind of quiet what was around me. Yeah, I think it helps. I think it helps because it helps you tune out what what is your reality right now and what you think of as probable. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. It's like, you know, you look around and you see stuff and you're like, oh, okay, this is what, this is my lane. Right. You know, and you kind of have to, you know, close your eyes and get in out of your head and into your heart space and right. just be willing to kind of take this leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned earlier in our conversation together that you do an activity or a, a visualization like this during your podcast. Can you tell our listeners a bit about your podcast? Absolutely. So it's called That's Allowed, spelled A-L-O-U-D. You see what I did there? <laughs> right. And Yes. So the the whole point of it is to talk about the stories that the world is not getting. And sometimes the world isn't getting those stories because we're just not ready to tell them yet. And I help people kind of, you know, I hold people's hand <laughs> through the process of right. telling that story for the first time. And then sometimes it's just a story that we think the world just really needs to hear, you right. know, but they're just not getting it yet. Mm-hmm. And so I sometimes have experts on, but a lot of the time it's just people who have a story that they haven't quite, you know, shared yet. Wow. And it's just, in, you know, getting in touch with our, like you said, our authentic selves, our authentic stories. Because I think a lot of the time what happens is we have this story from our past that we have allowed to kind of color everything. It's like a pair of glasses that we see the world through. And so once you are able to take off those glasses and look at them and see them as a, you know, see it as a story, then you can kind of set it aside and move forward. I could see how that would be really helpful, especially if somebody had been through something 
negative or traumatic as a child or as an adult, that that becomes their lens of, you know, if they were told they weren't good enough or if they failed at something or maybe made a bad choice, how that story could run over and over again in their head. And then every story that comes after is through that lens of, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be successful. And and it's this trying to overcome the negative instead of living out your, your positive path, right? Yeah, because shame, you know, shame hates to be pointed at. Shame wants to be in silence. It wants to be in darkness. And so sunlight really is the best disinfectant. Once you start to tell the truth and to share these stories, it's amazing how you can see that, oh, wait a second, I overcame that. I wasn't a victim to that. That didn't happen to me. That happened for me. Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, this is, I've I've loved this so much. And it sounds like you're able to really help people through your podcast to grapple with some of their stories. And sounds like something that our listeners would love because as we were sharing earlier, our listeners love stories. So friends, if this is the first time that you have heard of Audrian and her podcast called That's Allowed, A-L-O-U-D, then definitely check her out. And where can they find it? What what platforms? Yeah, so it's on all the pod places, um, Anchor primarily. But you can also find uh, my website is just thatsallowed.com and that will show you the podcast and everything else that I do. Awesome. And also one note on that, we believe that you are also on the world famous Podbreed network along with us. And I believe world you can, famous. Yes. I, I just I just coined that just now. Um, Love it. The Podbreed network, podbreed.com. We are both on the same network. So we are Podbreed, um, you know, friends. <laughs> Pod, Podbreed babies. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we so much have appreciated your time today. And is there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Just that everyone has a creation inside of them. Everybody does. Everyone has a story to tell, and everyone can turn that story into art. So if you have been hesitating, feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not a creative type, uh, I'm here to tell you that's BS. And (laughs) if you want to explore that creative side, I'm here to hold your hand through that process. I love that. You're going to help us get out of our own way, right? That's what I do. Awesome. Well, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Audrian, for being on our show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. We're bringing you reader-funded solutions news every day. We are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy podcast. We share solutions on everything from green energy to impact investing and even baby animal births. Optimist Daily is not about rose-colored glasses. It is about the reality. And the reality is that we are where we are and there are solutions and things that can be done. We also have captivating guests like social justice advocate Akila Shirelles and self-identified soil health geek Ethan Steinberg. And as an added bonus, you get to hear hilarious tales and can't miss stories. Of course, we think they're hilarious, but you can listen and judge for yourselves. Sorry, Amelia, talking about the cat again. (laughs) Tune into the Optimist Daily Update on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Well, that was great. Audrey and was amazing. I love how she kind of schooled us on a little bit of like therapy session. It was fantastic. Right. And I love now because we did record this a few weeks ago. That was two weeks pre-wedding and we're now two weeks post-wedding. Uh, how are you progressing towards your vision of having that, I'm not healthy, but the happy home? 
Um, well, I think I, it, now more than ever, we are really experiencing because we are locked down in this house, all all of us together, which is kind of weird if you think about it. Like the thing about the perfect home, um, as far as the cleanliness knows, we're, we're still working on the you know, cleaning the house up kind of stuff because, <laughs> you know, we got all the kids here. And, and if everybody has kids out there, they may know they have this weird thing inside them where they... Uh, cannot keep anything clean. Right. They can't keep or their pick room. up after themselves. Right. What is it about kids who can't pick up after themselves? Maybe it starts when they're young and then they're diapers. They can't change themselves. <laughs> so it's, it's, as they get older, it progresses into this whole like, like uh, rooms a mess and clothing. All everywhere. right. All right. Instead of harping on this, how are you progressing towards your happy married oh, life? Well, I am working on it. Every day is a struggle. To, uh, every day is a joy. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm saying here. Well, it has been stressful at this first couple of weeks. And, you know, this isn't the quote unquote honeymoon period that anybody would have wanted. Um, But we're figuring it out, right? I mean, it's that whole in sickness and in health part of our vows, right? Absolutely. And I think being home together, I was trying to say, is that it really it really is the test of everything that we've put together for the marriage, for the wedding. It's all thrown together, thrust together in this right. two weeks or three weeks or whatever it's going to be when we're stuck at home together. If we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. Right. And, you know, it's not ideal, the circumstances leading us to this, but we also have been talking a lot at home about how grateful we are to be able to have time to bond together as a family. And it's very rare that Ezekiel gets to be down here for several weeks at a time. And for me to be able to take care of of him through the holiday time and, you know, beyond Thanksgiving and to do some of his schooling plus with the other boys and for you also to be able to be present for the boys for their online schooling and being able to sit down for family dinners almost every night even yeah, if no, we're be, trying to be careful. Be here every single night for dinner because I usually work at night. So, so I'm usually only home two nights a week, three nights a week, you know. So being here every night you know, it's kind of a new experience, you know. Um, yeah, if you think about it this way, because you're by the time the quarantine is over, you will have been home for just over three weeks. Typically, on any given week with with the littles, we get three dinners with them, basically like a Saturday night, a Sunday night and a Monday night. We're getting seven nights of family dinners. It's like, or sorry, 21 nights of family dinners. It's basically seven weeks of what you would normally get all compressed together. And so you're getting extra, extra time with them sitting down, enjoying coffee and hot cocoa by the Christmas tree, fires at night, oh, I love Christmas the, oh, I movies. I love that. The Hallmark Channel, you're watching that I nonstop. Know. 24/7. <laughs> it was funny, last night, Christine was watching this Hallmark movie and she was playing <laughs> it out like, look, watch, this is going to happen next. Okay, watch, she's going to say I love you. Oh, watch, you're going to kiss. Okay, watch, she's going to find the wedding ring in the, cu- of the cupcake um, batter mix. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, that's her mom's ring. Oh, and look at this, and look at that. <laughs> It's gonna. She just plays them out because these are so they're so obvious how they how they go. It is, but but uh, you know what the kids have really loved is while I've been upstairs isolating more, they've really loved being able to sit down and have movie nights one on one with you, and because we're able to be together so much more right now, for me it's not like I don't feel left out because we're around each other all the time. Otherwise, like on the weekends. It's kind of hard sometimes if I'm like, maybe you should do something with kids, but then I'm losing out on time with you right now. It's just like, no, you're letting me go up and rest. And right. then you've been able to watch all the Terminator movies with the boys. Yeah, we did a Terminator, <laughs> Terminator marathon. We went through uh, the first one, second one, third one, and the fourth one, which is kind of an oddball one. None of the other one. There's a new one that came out. Not those ones yet, but uh, 
those are the only ones I got on DVD. So we watched those with the kids, and um, those are great. And I'm thinking maybe finding some other movie franchises that they haven't seen yet. I'm thinking maybe the Matrix. Maybe I don't think I've seen Ooh, that. that one's kind of intense. But what about like the Fast and the Furious? Watching all of those. I don't know if I have all of them. I have a couple of them. They have seen most of them. I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. But but you know what? The other thing that has been helpful, and it's something that you and I were talking about last night, and again this morning is that being around the, the three of the boys is allowing us to see where there's friction and how to address it. Like if one child is like not being truthful, like we're able to read their signals a little bit more and able to call it out and discuss it more as parents and kind of address it. And I think that that's going to be helpful in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I think it will be because you can kind of see what's good, what's going on, big picture really wise. Right. And it's like with anything, you kind of, it's hard to get a good judge of character on anybody uh, um right in the first couple of minutes right you really need more time with that person to kind of like uh really kind of gauge their what they're like you know it's, right. like, it's like it's like a relationship too i would say because you can't marry someone on the first date all the people do do that i think right. they're crazy but uh, it takes uh, like, like me personally when, when i'm dating somebody i like to kind of like work my way into them get a feel and then you yeah. kind of get to know you probably do too a little bit i would say you kind of have to know somebody before you really start to really right dive in emotionally into mm-hmm. the relationship this does give us more of a feel of what it would be like if all of our boys were with us all of the time and how we would manage it as parents too. And I think that that's been a learning experience and we've learned where our trigger points are and we're learning how to navigate those. And it's not always pretty, but you know what? We're committed to this and we're committed to being successful and figuring out how to work through it. Right, Chris? Absolutely. And this kind of reminded me of something. It reminded me also, you know, Christine, you and I, most of the time throughout the week, we are kidless. Right. You know, childless, there's no kids here. It's just you and me. And you're working, obviously, upstairs here. And I'm running off to work or I'm doing stuff. But during the week, most of the time, it's just us. Right. So the fact that everything kind of got turned on its head. Right. And we got all three children here at the house. And we're here. And all five of us are stuck here. Well, I wouldn't say stuck, but we... Okay, stuck. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Stuck here in this house. And we can't leave. It's it's really it's changing the game for us because I'm not used to it and you're not used to it. So we're trying to adapt the best we can. Yeah. And we're also having to learn how to continue to have healthy relationships with our former spouses because our kids are really missing them because they're not able to be within six feet of them. And so, you know, I think that you have been doing a great job of trying to come up with some options for the kids like that socially distanced lunch you had out in the backyard for the boys. I mean, they were like, what, 12 feet apart? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, the kid's par- uh, mom and her, her uh, fiance and uh, little kid were on the part of the bench we have in the backyard. And uh, Jacob and Mason were on a bench, but a little pick, a little foldable table but probably 12 feet away on the other side of the patio. Right. It's all under the patio, but they're kind of a good space away. We, and Christine put these little cones, like little, tra- yeah. little kid traffic cones up, kind of between the block, the area. Can't go there. Can't go there. We just wanted the kids to have a visual of like, you can get close, but don't cross this line because it's, you know, it would break quarantine. We we are being very careful to abide by the rules. All right, doing the best we can. The only time I've ever left the house so far has been to go get uh, prescriptions for Christine and maybe a drive through or something like that. But uh, right, and you didn't go inside. You just went through the contactless pickup where it's like they put it in the little metal drawer and push it out to you through oh, sorry, the drive through. The, the, uh, pharmacy, yeah, 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 the yeah, pharmacy stuff, yeah, that kind of stuff or whatever. I yeah. Mean, so yeah, so all of that to. To be said, you know, I really loved that vision that you were thinking of with Audrian. And I know that even though we're on 
I would say an unpaved road right now, kind of uncharted territory with having to navigate through this COVID isolation quarantine. I do have high hopes that we're going to be able to realize that vision that you had for our household in the near future. Oh, thank you, babe. Thank you so much. That's very sweet. And so with that, folks, we are grateful that you are here with us and listening yet again this week. And we will see you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.